Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Schwegcast. We're back. The Schwegcast is back after a needed bit of a month off. We're back. I'm bringing some uh, new episodes, some new heat. We're bringing some new heat to the Schwegcast, and so I'm excited. I got some cool interviews lined up, and uh, I'm excited to see what shows I'm going to create, what conversations are going to be had. And so the only thing I can really tell you is stay tuned to the show. Like always, go like and subscribe, you know, on my social media, my Facebook, my Twitter, at Sam Schwegler, Instagram, at Sam Schwegler, yada, yada, the Schwegcast on Facebook, you know, the usual places that, you know, you're supposed to go on and like. But also, I also want to give a shout out. I, I need to promote my own music every once in a while. I do have a free mixtape. They say it's not Photoshop. It's out on my Bandcamp page. You just press the download button. You just They send you an email. And there you go. You have it. And you got a free 10-track album. It's pretty much the album I made January to June. I just spent all that time, and I created 10 tracks out of that. Some experimental stuff, some fun stuff, uh, a lot of stuff I think you would like. So I would actually, yeah, go ahead, go find it, and uh, have the time of your life with it. And yeah, like, oh, yeah, that's what you need to do. And so while I've been gone for this past month, a lot of stuff cool has been going on, you know, with some music I really like. One thing, Paramore just dropped a new single, Hard Times, and by far one of the most litest track, <laughs> litest, I can't believe, <laughs> litest tracks I have ever heard because it just has that hard times and that. It's just so much, it's such a fun track to listen to that, you know, you got to have an 80s windbreaker like I have to even listen to it. Now, I like to talk about, so I was a fan of Paramore, you know, Misery Business, and I came out, hit MTV back when MTV was, like, still a thing for music. That's back when I heard Paramore for the first time, you know, and then, uh, what was it, the album with the butterfly on it? I can't, why am I not remember? I did have Decode on it. Can't remember what it was called. But yeah, I've just, you know, remember, it was just kind of that pop punk style of music that, you know, you really liked, and back in the, the 2000s, that's what you listened to if you were like me. You had long hair and stuff like that. And so when you see a lot of bands from that era still making music, a lot of them have changed their style a lot. Now, one thing about Paramore is they did it so well where you can kind of tell they have that same songwriting ability, the same song structure, but the way they produce their songs is so much cooler than how they used to do it. And that's what I really like. And one thing I like about it, they use real drums on their album still like it's a lot of electronic processing and stuff like that but then they use that real drums which a lot of bands are using more fake drums i know i use some fake drums in my music but make sure it's played in to make sure that it actually seems like a real drummer is playing it so that's what i try to do my paramore they actually use real drums and yeah they got Zach Farrow or Josh Farrow? Crap, I can't remember that name. I'm going to say it's one of those two. He rejoined the band, the drummer. And so, which kind of is cool because they're getting a new member back and it's just a new vibe. He was such a good drummer for the band. The way he wrote his drum lines for that album, for like those past three albums before he left the band for their self-titled and came back for this new album. He was just incredible. He added so much stuff to the song with just his drumming. And I've really been thinking about that a lot lately, especially about how Ringo and how he used to play for the Beatles. Because Ringo thinks he's the greatest drummer of all time, and everyone's like, 
No, no one really cares, you know. But Ringo, the kind of drummer he is, he's a song drummer where he his drumming enhances the song. It's just not to show off. And I think that's what the Pharaoh dude, Pharaoh drummer guy, that's what he kind of does with Paramore. He just really makes the song with the drumming. He's very much a good song drummer. But, you know, he's a skilled drummer nonetheless. But obviously, yeah, it's just killer drum tracks every time. Another artist I've really been getting into is Kevin Garrett. He's just kind of a more mild, laid-back songwriter and just music that makes you cry, which I'm all in for. I know some of you aren't into music that makes you cry, but that's kind of the music I'm into. And you may know Kevin. He actually wrote a pretty famous song. If you catch the first track, Pray You Catch Me, off Beyonce's Lemonade, he was the writer behind that, and he tells a cool story about meeting Beyonce for the first time, and Beyonce said his name before they ever even really met. So I would check that out. Go find it on YouTube. It's a fun interview. But yeah, I would go check out Kevin's music. Kevin is phenomenal. And uh, I gotta say, Coloring's Gray, a little bit of you. Personal favorite of mine. I just love the way he puts drums and then his piano or guitar work is the way the song... It just makes the song flow, and it just makes it a little bit of more unique style than we do here today. So today on the show, I got author and songwriter, musician, Robert Bean. Now, Robert has some cool books out, and we talk about that more on the show. And we talk about many cool things. We talk about writing music for Shameless, you know, working with a publishing company. We talk about Nashville. We get his favorite drinking story in. And he also shares one of his favorite tips on writing. So if you're an author or even a songwriter... By all means, you would definitely want to check this out because the way he, because he just goes off on it, which I love. I love hearing other people talk and I love hearing other people's processes on how they write. And, you know, we take the conversation from there and it goes pretty far and it's pretty awesome by all means. So I wouldn't, I would definitely stick around and check out that interview I did with him because what else are you going to do? And okay, I want to get to our sponsor for this episode. Now, this first sponsor is new, and I have to say, I am so freaking happy to get these guys as a sponsor, because what I like to do when I get sponsored for the show, I want it to actually be products I like, and I never like to do products I'm not like, uh, okay with. I want it to be a product that I actually want to use, and that's why I've been lucky enough so far to get that. So I want to talk to you about DistroKid, and this is kind of for all those musicians out there who wrote, written a new song and or even a cover song, recorded it, and they want to put it on iTunes and all the other streaming buying platforms for digital music. Okay, so DistroKid is phenomenal. I use DistroKid for my music. So what DistroKid does is you pay $20, $19.99 is for their unlimited upload so this isn't per release this is for an entire year of unlimited uploads to itunes or spotify other types of distribution websites you make you pay a down rate every year per album per single etc beyond that distrokid is changing the game and so you pay 20 bucks that's their minimum plan there's a couple higher plans for two if you have a couple more bands or you're owning a label this is perfect for anyone like that. So you get it to every other streaming service you want, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, and you keep all the money. So you pay your flat 
year rate, and then you keep all the money you make from this music. And even then, no other distribution website does this for you. I have to say, this is a phenomenal thing. This is a game changer, and I'm just here to give you the good news of DistroKid. And so with DistroKid, I don't want to leave you empty-handed. So if you use the link distrokid.com slash VIP slash Schwedcast, you get 7% off your first year. Your first year with DistroKid for unlimited uploads you want. And that is what you need. Oh my God, I can't tell you enough and how great this is. Also, if you release a cover song and you want to release it on there, they'll get you a license. You can do that legally. And those people get paid and you can get paid a little bit, you know, for someone else's song recording. And so, yeah, try DistroKid. Link's in the bottom, but for those of you who are verbal listeners, distrokid.com slash VIP slash Schwedcast. You can get 7% off your first year. Our other sponsor of the evening, a great company as well. We got Lyft, Lyft, the ride-sharing app, aft, <laughs> the ride-sharing app that gets you from A to B, minimum time. You get a great driver, great experience. I've ridden in Lyfts a couple times, and I have to say, each time I have, it's been great. Drivers are great. They really know how to get great people to start driving for their company and stuff like that. And you get $50 credit towards your first two few rides. Two rides. Man, I cannot talk today. Towards your first few rides when you use promo code SHWEGCAST while signing up. Get a couple free rides on me. Go to that bar you've been always wanting to go to. Heck, go to that show you want to go to and don't have to worry about parking. You know, Go see one of the bands or artists that you've been seeing on here. You know, Get a free, ri- get a free ride there and back. You're good to go and home safely. So, yeah, go check out Lyft. Use promo code SWEGCAST when signing up. Get a $50 ride credit. Now it's on the show. I want to talk to Robert Bean, and uh, let's see what we have to talk about. So stay tuned, and like always, remember to stay awesome. You're in the studio today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, are you allowed to talk about it? Yeah. So um, I do a lot of writing for TV and film, mm-hmm. and um, I've been writing some tracks uh, for um, Whitaker Music. He runs a publishing company, and he has some deals with uh, the TV show Shameless. Okay, I I watched. I, yeah, I'm all caught up on that. Have you been watching it? I have not seen anything. I didn't even know what Shameless was. And they Ooh. called me and they're like, hey, um, we need a bunch of punk songs. And okay. 90s punk. Okay. And I'm like, oh, man, here we Legit- go. Okay. Because I, uh, I guess it was earlier this year. Yeah, I was like, uh, I started it, I think, New Year's or the last day of the last year. So, yeah, I've gone through the whole thing. Oh, wow. Like, even like, because I have the Showtime app on my Apple TV, and so I watched it, the the season that's not on Netflix. It's been awesome writing the songs for it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm understanding the show, because mm-hmm. 
um, the producer I'm working with on these things, he's telling me, hey, this is one of the moments in the moods that happens. So let's write a song about that. And so okay. I feel like I'm learning about the show okay. as I'm writing about it. <laughs> this is really cool. Okay. I didn't even know he wrote. That's totally awesome because, I, yeah, I love that show. What season did you start? On. So this just came up, and with all placements, at the end of the day, it's whether they choose it or not, mm-hmm. but it is yeah. written specifically for them, yeah. and so we'll see how it works out. Um, I've been writing placements for a while now, and I've just found that some of the ones I never thought would get placed with a certain show, like, you know, they're like, oh, well, we already have, like our uh portfolio set up so we're mm-hmm. kind of good and then all of a sudden they're the ones who call and like yeah we loved it yeah and then the ones i'm like oh i actually know like someone <laughs> mm-hmm. inside the music department and yet yeah that one doesn't get picked up dude that's awesome but so have you gone your music's gone on an episode of shameless not yet okay not so yet. you're just so waiting we're waiting to find the... out and if it if one goes through most likely it'll be one two like ten okay so it'll be like all of the seventh season i think is what's coming up Yes, I believe that's it. Seventh or We'll eighth. find out. That would be awesome. It's I actually going to be that. on a past season. That's going to be <laughs> what we find out. <laughs> like, they're just going to re-edit the episode that's already aired on TV, and it's just going to straight That would be hilarious. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, we didn't really like how this episode... It would be like a pull of George Lucas, where it's like, <laughs> I don't really like how I premiered this episode. We're going to re-air it, and then we're just going to put, like, really bad CGI that fits out of place with the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or they just do it for one song. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just like one random episode in the middle of the like season. That would like, be so. If you just don't know anything about it, it's like you can't keep up at okay, all. Okay. Yeah. Oh Always my gosh. Changing. It's cool. So if you so you just starting with TV music then I guess. Yeah, it came pretty recently. So I am um, I write novels and then mm-hmm. I write music based off moments in my novels. Okay. So I've been writing fantasy type of music for a long, long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. About I don't know ten or eleven years. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't really like writing a lot of pop for yeah. other people. Yeah, totally. Because um, they wrote about subjects that I didn't want to write about. So mm-hmm. um, recently someone had called me in the studio and was like, hey, we need a really solid lyricist. So they mm-hmm. called me. I write mm-hmm. stuff like today I wrote and recorded two songs in three hours. Oh, nice. Yeah, and like I do that pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. And so I get called a lot because I'm really mm-hmm. fast, really efficient, and <laughs> I love writing stories. Yeah, totally. So have you been reading any good books lately? Believe it or not, I've been spending most of my time trying to uh, finish up some books that I started. Okay. So presently I'm trying to finish up Pilgrim's Progress. Okay. <laughs> it's the old school. Old yeah, school that one like... Bunyan. John- I don't even know if like that's like a high school type old school. Oh, man, that's... <laughs> I think the book was from the. I mean, it was written by John Bunyan, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really old. They named like <laughs> a disease on your foot after him, so. <laughs> so that's like the. They go down in history as the. It's like, yeah, you know, like this foot callus type thing that you have to get removed? That. We're going to name yeah, you after that. It's success. That's <laughs> success. That's what success t- is today. Right. It's like you can either be successful for the things you make or the things that you had on your feet. Right. It's like from what I've been told, I think uh, John Lennon said that probably 2011, something like that. Wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Yeah, said that 2011. So good. So you listen to any good music coming out? Man, I, uh, I, everybody thinks because I, I write so much pop mm-hmm. and in fact, 
two days ago, I wrote four rap songs. Yeah. So everybody thinks I'm always listening to rap and pop, <laughs> but I generally listen to classical music. Okay. Soundtracks to epic movies. Mm-hmm. And Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Ed Sheeran. Dude, I love his new album. Divide into... is freaking amazing. I know. It's like <laughs> uh, it's like up there. It's like pretty much what I'm like get, getting at with Divide is it's like he started with uh, Plus. So that's kind of like the bass ground. And then uh, Multiply built off that. And then Divide's also built off that as well. So I'm wondering, i just been curious what he's going to go with for this next album. I know. I was thinking that the moment he was talking about Divide... Which I love the fact that he has um, these different reasonings mm-hmm. behind plus, multiply, and divide. Yeah. I initially was like, oh, he just started with plus because it was random. Mm-hmm. Then he went multiply just to keep it going. Yeah. But then when he talked about divide, he said, no, it was intentional. It wasn't just the whole mathematical thing. It was the fact that every single song is different. It's a divided album. Mm -hmm. Nothing sounds the same. It doesn't sound like a unified album. Yeah, I did notice that. So you have like these Irish folk songs, and then you have... Yeah. uh, What's that big? Shape of You. That's the... Yeah, Shape of You, track four. I know all the tracks, dude. For... I mean, yeah, I know the album pretty well. Cause yeah, I was like, Galway Girl. Galway Girl. That one's good. I, track six. What did I... I'm trying to figure out what was my favorite track on the album. Uh, I like Hearts Don't Break Around Here. That one's good. Um, I think that's such a great line. Mm-hmm. I mean... I feel like, yeah, I like songs. I do. I love it when they can base an entire song off one line. Yeah. Like that so cool yeah especially don't thinking very hard on it too yeah i always find like yeah i'm writing it's like i'm not i'm thinking too hard and so like the songs i do like are ones i don't think hard on yeah and then sometimes i try all right i'm not gonna think too hard on this and it's just a really bad song man i always found that the best songs i write is just when i just kind of let it let Mm -hmm. it go and just let it come out the way that it was meant to be Mm -hmm. written and like one of my favorite lines that i ever wrote was um an eye for an eye makes us all a little blind Oh, wow, that's good. And it was just so natural. It was just so natural, like this really Mm -hmm. upbeat song um, that kind of talks about the struggles we face and Mm -hmm. looking at ourselves instead of other people. So it it validates our own struggles, but then also holds us accountable at the same time. Okay, wow. So I wrote a song like Mm -hmm. that, and and that Mm punchline is, an eye for an eye makes us all a little blind. Jeez, that's good. <laughs> best, I think the best one-liner I got, uh, you know I'd be so good at loving you. And like, I literally wrote the whole song off that. So it's like, so what I did is like two verses and then that line for the chorus. And then, yeah. So I like, I'm not going to think too hard on this. And I had it for like my senior, it was like for my senior projects and stuff like that to make like a five, make five tracks or whatever for this awesome. semester, which was easy to do for me. Uh, but yeah, everyone was just like complaining about like it's not like fitting in generically to what everything else fits in. Because when I had it, like drums really don't come into that last chorus. Oh, so, like, okay. Yeah, the, there's like a guitar solo and it's just kicking snaps and it's like roads and stuff like that. That's awesome. So, though. yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like to. Arrangement's so hard. Do you have like that problem? Honestly, I don't. <laughs> I've actually specifically worked with the Nashville Symphony and oh, helped wow. arrange. Um, I've worked with um, tons of different producers. I am not a great technical guy, though. Mm-hmm. So when, I, when I've when i written um, entire orchestral tracks for pop beats or whatever, yeah. people think that I know theory, and I don't. Mm. I just know the sounds, and I will literally be like, I need the violin to sound like this, and I'll sing okay. what I think the violin <laughs> should sound like. And people are like, 
Oh, oh. You're one okay. of those guys. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's like people think I'm really uh, technically proficient, but I'm mm-hmm. not. See, I'm a music school grad, so like we oh, think man. I think way too hard about everything. I have like what I've been learning is I've been like arranging and I was arranging like this vocal part, harmony part, and then like I moved a vocal line to one because I was just working on it, so I had like the ooze and I just did like pitch correction to just kind of place it where I wanted to place. And then like the back of my mind, I had like my composition professor just like telling me, he's like, "Now why did you do that?" Because <laughs> when because I guess since you didn't go to music school, right? No. So when you're music school, if you take composition, anything. Everything you do is going to be questioned. So, like, you have to okay. have reasoning behind why you do it. You just be like, I don't know. I just kind of sounded cool. <laughs> like, you can't like say that. You have to have reasoning behind it. That makes sense, though. I mean, mm-hmm. that's their job, right? Yeah. Even even if you have to kind of like make it up as you go along. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just like, all right, I like this, but how do I? How am I going to explain why I did this? So I'm going to have to like overthink. So then I come to the story, it's like, well, yeah, I like this, like, string pad part here, <laughs> because the string pad part represents the, like, heartache that we have in each of our souls. Something <laughs> like that, like, it's not even, like, good. You know, I um, I can improvise a lot of the reasonings behind things that I do, mm-hmm. and it's pretty funny. Um, when people ask me something, and I didn't have anything prepared behind it, mm-hmm. and then I immediately have something to back it up the moment yeah. they ask me. And part of me wonders if that's just a skill with writing and creating yeah. or if it's like subconsciously I knew and then I didn't think about it until it was time to deliver the message. And then when someone asked, my subconscious was like, okay, here you go. <laughs> this is the reason behind that feeling. Yeah, where you just make – I just make things up <laughs> all the time. Like just – you know, I think, you know, there's these kids, these – kids in Africa who are starving and so this string parts for them. This string parts for them. <laughs> like that's why I chose this piano sound over it other kinda, piano sounds. It sounds like when celebrities try to credit themselves with doing something really generous and yeah. they're like, "Yeah, the reason why I just I bought an extra Starbucks today was because 10 cents of that went to some kid in a different country and be like, "Or or you could just send the amount of money yeah, that's that you're going to spend over just to them. Straight up write a just check. Saying. Except they don't have banks there. So, <laughs> And then how are they going to transfer American currency into Send it to South Africa. South Africa. Oh, yeah. The film market there is booming. And, so yeah. I, have a good, I have a good story about South Africa with me. <laughs> okay. So it's like I always thought when people brought up South Africa that they were just kind of bringing up like the geographical location. So just like South Africa. So it was like Southern Africa, but I didn't really know like the countries. Uh-huh. I just assume like if you say like in America, like in the so- in the U.S. in the South, like mm-hmm. you just mean you could be like Texas – Right. Alabama, Tennessee. Yeah. You know, like any one of those. So that's why I assume they meant when they said South Africa. I didn't know <laughs> South Africa was actually the name of a country. Yeah. Like it's literally just South Africa. <laughs> I know. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I know. I was like wondering, I'm like, that is actually the name of a country. I'm like, oh, until like one day I actually looked at a map. Yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> or actually t- looked at a map and just went to like the other side of it. And you saw. Yeah, you saw there was an actual <laughs> country named South Africa. <laughs> Surprise. What if like we had a state called like United States? North United States. <laughs> North United States. Like that would just be weird. It like, would. It would be like, so like, where do you awkward. live? North United States, United States of America? It's kind of like I used to live in a small town in California called California City. And it's yeah. like, why though? Why mm-hmm. couldn't it have been like... um High Desert City. I don't know. Something that was relevant 
Like, isn't California, California City yeah. redundant? Oh, I'm from Kansas City area, so, like, that's, I guess that idea, well, like, a big part of it's Missouri, so, it like, Kansas City, Missouri, and then there's Kansas City, Kansas, so. Yeah, I see I guess a lot to of me, that's names. not as weird to me, just, like, the Kansas City, there's Oklahoma City. I guess it's not as weird to me. When from, is, but aren't those the capitals, too? Kansas City? Is it? No, it's Jefferson City, actually. Oh, shoot. Fun fact. I was going to be like, oh, it makes sense if it's the capital. But California City has like 24,000 people. It's a small town. So I'm like, don't you think you're getting ahead of yourself here? Yeah, because there's this small like five house, four trailer park town near where my parents live called Knox City. And it's not a city at all. It's like not even a town. I don't think it's even a village. That is funny. So, like, I don't know why they would call it cities. Like, we're going to call this Knox City. And just... (laughs) Straight up, no reason why it's just called that. I mean, with California City, uh, fun fact there, um, the guy who founded it actually bought um, enough land size to uh, rival L.A. Okay. And he thought it was going to be the next L.A. Mm -hmm. And so I guess naming it California City makes sense from his perspective because his goal was that L.A. is definitely arguably the center and as far as um, people outside of California, yeah, LA's the center. You think of California, you think of LA and Hollywood and Beverly Hills. But yeah, really, it's all clumped together. Big in LA. Bear, no, yeah, it's a Big Bear. Yeah, it's Big Bear. There's a Big Bear, not near LA though. <laughs> a little bit far. I have friends from Big Bear. I guess they live in the desert now. But Big Bear's awesome. Yeah, that's what they told me. Like I was always wanted to visit, but now they don't live there anymore. So <laughs> it's just like a ski town. Yeah, a little nowhere. I also had a guy told me that like when he lived in like LA, he'd have his like unc- his uncles had to like drive to Big Bear, put snow in their pickup trucks, drive back down to LA, put snow on their lawn for Christmas morning. I was like, that what? sounds awful. It does sound yeah. terrible. What that the heck? Like, because if you've ever shoveled snow in your life, it is the worst thing ever. That's the best thing about living in an apartment is you don't have to shovel snow at all. I lived in Canada for a few years. Okay, so you are aware of yeah. what snow yeah. is. Winter, eight months of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Here, it's like summer, like 11 months of the year. It's, I, man, it's hard to believe that yesterday it was almost freezing. Really? Was it almost freezing yesterday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to switch my my air conditioning to heat. And I'm like, what mm-hmm. is going on? And then by the end of the day, it was back on air conditioning. And I'm like, what are you doing here, Tennessee? Yeah, I'm, I'm hot all the time, so I never notice cold. <laughs> it's like I know it's hot when it's hot. So, you know, uh, moving from to here was just a perfect idea. Yeah. <laughs> For like, I remember it was like, sometimes I was like, why is it so hot still here? And I think like the AC in my car is still broke. And I was just like. I'm not going to even, like, try and get it fixed until summer rolls back around. And it was, like, a month. It was still not working well. I was like, dang it, when is it going to get cold so I don't have to, like, deal with this? And then, yeah, now it's back to being warm again, so I have to, like, figure out what's going on with my life. Yeah. <laughs> I got to figure out what's going on. I got to, like, Google it or whatever. Yeah. Before I, like, take it. If I have to take it somewhere, I'm going to Google it. Yeah. So it's a weird situation, but, yeah, it's hot in Nashville. It do you is. Have, do you have anywhere here that you like going to? Uh, like going to in what regard? Just hanging out? Man, eating. I am not a hanging out person, mm-hmm. actually. I'm learning how to do it. Okay. But I'm really not good at it. I I really only spend time with people if, one, like they need someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, really everything that I do is in service okay. of people whose hearts uh, need tending to. Mm-hmm. But 
as far as like, hey man, want to come over or want to go see a movie or play some video games at my place or something, I don't mm-hmm. do any of that. Okay. I just don't. Um, okay, that's unique. Yeah, I I go to the studio, I write songs. I I don't even go to shows. Really? Like everybody thinks, like everybody I've met in Nashville either goes to writer's rounds, they go to concerts mm-hmm. at Bridgestone, they hit up Broadway at a country bar. I don't know. They go and see people mm-hmm. play. I have done three writer's rounds in two and a half years mm-hmm. of being here, and I only did them in service of a friend. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't have done them. Yeah. I haven't gone to any mm-hmm. other writer's rounds. I haven't gone to any concerts. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I need to. I always like think I need to start doing more writers rounds, and then I never do. Like I'm probably like the worst. I'm like, why is like people not wanting to book me for songwriting sessions? And then it's just like, oh yeah, because I don't go to these things. Yesterday I was was it. I have a friend. Meantime, he's also a client too, or a guy I'm working with, and he was selling his cajon. It was this like a two hundred dollar cajon. I got it for like forty bucks. Oh, that's. Awesome. I'm like, so yeah. I was in Midtown and I was driving back, and I made the mis- the dumb idea to go on Broadway. Oh. And I was just like driving on Broadway, and I'm like, oh, there's tootsies and tourists, and it's like, yeah. this is why I don't like country music or yeah. like tourists at all. Man. I had an aunt and uncle in town too, and we went to some like dive karaoke bar. And so we're just like hanging out there, like and stuff like that. And then they're just like, "So you want to go to Tootsie's with us?" I'm like, "No." It sounds like such a um, provocative name. Yeah, like well, if, I... if if you were out out of town or coming in, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Hey, you want to go to Tootsie's?" You'd be like, "Should my <laughs> wife know about this?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> my wife know about this we're in Nashville, yeah. on our way to some crappy beach in Alabama. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, we went there, and yeah, so I was like, I've not been to any, uh, what do they call them, honky tonks here or any of, like, the I don't even know what touristy things. Like, there's Tootsies and I don't, I anything don't on Broadway. I don't actually know what Tootsies is, though. It's like a, I think it's a honky tonk. Well, it's what like is a country a bar. Oh, okay. Honky like tonks a, are country bars. Yeah. Okay. I think that's the, I think I'm getting a little too technical here. I know, right? Getting the, we're getting to the technical <laughs> Pulling out aspects. the country dictionary. <laughs> There's only like ten words in there. Oh. It's like siblings, the best kind of lovers. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> we should make a parody song. Oh, that I I learned like I'm Jimmy Fallon would eat that up, bro. Dude, Jimmy would eat. <laughs> I've been writing a lot of uh I've been trying to write some country music because if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> well, and stuff like that. I actually want to like make country music actually good. So I was like, if I write the songs, then they might not suck. Or they do suck, depending on what people think of my music. <laughs> but uh yeah, and I'm like, so like the writing aspect, like the writing the words and stuff like that, same thing as every other song. Arranging is just like cake it is the easiest thing to do it's like all right drums come in here you drop out there you do a little twang guitar there solo and it's like the easiest thing to arrange for country music yeah i mean there's there's pretty consistent models uh, i feel like in almost every Mm -hmm. genre yeah like i've been writing all the 90s punk and it's like okay well here's this is how vocals sound in 90s punk Mm -hmm. this is how Lyric sound, these are words that they would mm-hmm. or wouldn't say. Um, and I, I, you know, those models, I think, in a way, are neat because they give us something to build off of. It's yeah. kind of like if you go to school and they don't have a textbook, and then they tell you, hey, flip to 
do something from page 61 and you're like, well, don't I need a page 61? Yeah. Fun fact about school. They don't actually, they make you buy the textbook, but don't use it. Yeah. I actually hear, I hear, I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah. And they're did, super expensive too. Oh my right? God. It's, yeah. What I did, I was like clever. And so what I did, I would find like the eBooks to them, like, but like torrent them oh. because it's wrong to torrent music and authors, actual books. But if it's a textbook, it's okay. <laughs> it's like a textbook you're only going to use for that class. I mean, I have a gripe with uh, textbooks, and that is is that so many of them are based off of federal contracts. Yeah. And I'd... not actually historical relevance mm-hmm. or institutional relevance. Mm-hmm. And that kind of bothers me because in education, you would think that the whole point is to be closest to the truth. Yeah. But it's like... If this dude gets a contract with the federal government, they have mm-hmm. to use his textbooks and and whatever um, mm-hmm. contract um, schools yeah. have with it. And you're kind of like, yeah, but what if he's not right? Doesn't matter. He's got a legal <laughs> contract that Doesn't... says his books have to be taught. And you know, Betsy DeVos now. So we got like, you know, just the school system's just going 100% right now. Who knows? Maybe that'll that'll uh, hopefully get inspire people to take more leadership. In their yeah. individual lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we've seen in history before is that when people depended too much on the federal government to do the right thing, yeah. which, come on, history has shown us the government will always mm-hmm. let us down. Yeah. But then that's when you get the new innovators who turn around and say, okay, well, I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to do mm-hmm. something different than what's being taught right now. Mm-hmm. So I think it could be a potentially good thing. Hard lesson to learn. Hard transitional period, yeah. but the reward is potentially worth it. Oh, totally. Yeah. I totally feel that. But uh, yeah, just as a recent college grad, uh, as with a music degree, who's not using <laughs> that music degree very well. My mother went to Berkeley School of Music. Okay, so she's better off than this D2 school I went to in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> I don't What's know. That? Maybe the, your school's really great, right? Uh, Hidden we, gem. I, uh, I have no comment. <laughs> I don't know if I should bad talk my school. <laughs> yeah, you better watch out. I had some good teachers, I'll say that. I had some good <laughs> professors, taught me a lot of valuable things for music. I was uh, I was studying at two different colleges at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then after about a semester where um, I realized that I was spending a lot of money on things that were not applicable to my life mm-hmm. at all or career, Yeah, that's when I left school. I was like... Um, I'd rather put that money towards actual useful things for me. Yeah. And so I left really early, but I just hear all the horror stories from so many friends who are like, yeah, I spent like hundreds and hundreds of dollars in textbooks and maybe we opened it up once. Yeah. You know, I was an EMT and an EMT mm-hmm. school, like you definitely use your whole textbook. Yeah. It's extremely relevant. And I don't know if that's like across the board in medical professions. I know my mother's mm-hmm. also a nurse and she definitely yeah. used her textbooks a lot. But when I'm seeing like almost everything outside of the medical field, I hear everybody saying that they're not using their textbooks, but they're being forced to still buy. Yeah. It's extremely expensive. Even used. Mm. Let, like let's say the used new is, one yeah. costs 150 bucks. Mm-hmm. Used is still going to be 80 or 90 bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, their discounts on used, from what I've seen or yeah. heard, heard, ha- aren't that great. Yeah. I don't actually know, though. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. School is uh, terrible. Yeah. Uh, we can, <laughs> I can agree on that. All right. So, we're going to take a break, listen to some music. You want to listen to one of your songs or you want to listen to 
something else, or what are you up for? (laughs) (laughs) I think we should do an Ed Sheeran song. (laughs) I don't know if I have the rights to that. Oh, shoot. Well, then we should probably do one of mine, then. (laughs) All right, cool. We'll do that, and when we come back, we'll talk about uh, you and everything else. (laughs) Awesome. Cool, awesome. Trampling as we're fighting You're crying, I'm dying Cause just for seconds ago I showed a side of me that I wish I never showed So now it's time to let it go it was a simple misunderstanding That wasn't so simple to fix All I could have said and should have said was this Hey, I'm sorry Let's move on From where it all through Don't you get it, baby? Now there's nothing left to do. Here we start, new heart. No, I'm not just rapping because it's cool. In fact, the puppets sound like a fool. Just got a lot to say, like we're both tired of parts to play. But then again, it's never been a reason to keep tossing rocks. Stop, let them drop. Use these hands from one the clock. Maybe we All right, and we are back from a musical break. There we have. So okay, so let's. I want to talk about you for once. All right. <laughs> This isn't about me anymore. Uh, <laughs> this is all about me. It's my show. Hey, I enjoyed it, though. It's a great conversation. <laughs> oh, no, it's no problem. So where are you originally from? You said you lived in California. Yeah, I'm from... Uh, so I wasn't born in California City, but I mm-hmm. spent, I think, four and a half, around four and a half years old is when mm-hmm. we moved there. But I was born in San Luis Obispo, Northern California. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much where I spent most of my younger years. Okay, so all California then. Yeah, all around California, really. Okay, some so some northern, some mostly southern. So Nashville, what city number is this for you? Like, what number oh, on the like list? In my yeah, in your in log. My lifetime? Like for me, this is city number four. In my lifetime. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I don't know, city twenty. City twenty. Okay. Wow. Yeah, probably. Whew. I mean, when we we're really young, we moved around a lot, and then. Um, uh, my parents are divorced, so, you know, mm. when my father lived in one city, I would be in that city. Okay. Um, and then I lived in Canada and lived in several cities over there. Okay. Man, I'm one of those people who, uh, if everywhere. he feels loved to go somewhere, mm-hmm. has no doubts or quorums about going. I will literally pack up my car and just go. Okay. Yeah. So what brought you to Nashville? That's... The, the big honest story. answer that I always give people, because they always assume music, mm-hmm. which rightfully yeah. is to be expected, but the truth is, is I think it was God. Mm-hmm. I think that I had a lot of distractions in LA Yeah, that were, I was working a corporate job for a 24-hour fitness, mm-hmm. um, and they treated me well, and they paid me well, but I wasn't doing what I felt I was led to do. Yeah. I put that on hold, and I was just, uh, my pastime was very, it was friendly and enjoyable, but it wasn't productive okay and so at some point um i kept having people i had met for a showcase in in nashville like 
years and years prior to my move, mm-hmm. bug me every now and then and just be like, hey, man, I really think you should come to Nashville. I just think it will benefit you. Yeah. And so after a couple of years of hearing that, I it got, it got to that point where I felt like God and the, the timing were just lined up and was like, mm-hmm. it's just time to go. Yeah. And so I packed up and I left. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like, smart. Did you have money saved, I assume? No. That's what, yeah. So you're, no, you're I, like me. We're in the same boat. We just moved here without any man, money. I really don't save money. I know. No, I invest it into everything that I do. Mm-hmm. Almost every penny. Yeah, I try not to have a lot of money, but like moving gives me spend a lot of money to move. Oddly enough, I've mm-hmm. always found that the more I try to hold on to money, the more mm-hmm. I find myself in difficult situations with finances. Yeah. yeah. So I try to be there. I just got my tax return, so I like paid off my credit card. I'm like, oh, this feels awesome. good. Yeah. Or I got like a good chunk of it gone. Yeah. yeah. Now I feel, now my life's a little bit better. Paying I off like, debt is, it, it's a rewarding process. I had mm-hmm. a friend who she just paid off her student loans. And Ooh. it was like, oh, that has got to feel great. Yeah. You know, you're done. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that's awesome. So, yeah, you moved here. So where did you – so you said you went to college to be an EMT. Where exactly was that at, like the pinpoint uh, location? So Saracosa Community College. Okay. I believe it's 2,000 below sea level. Um, okay. <laughs> so, but not underwater. No. Correct. Okay. <laughs> that would be For the awesome. record. An underwater school. That'd be, yeah, that'd be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I was a, a, a 17 and a half when I went to EMT school. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, doing the EMT school. And then at the exact same time, I was also going to Antelope Valley College as well. Okay. And I believe, you would want to fact check this, but I believe Saracoso, where I went to EMT school for, as well as a couple other courses I took, mm-hmm. um, was the first college to offer online courses okay wow i think i'm pretty sure that's something that they they kind of boasted about was being the first now every college does it right right but to be the first like (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's pretty awesome and people take online courses just to like because it's so easy like this is so much easier and then it's either super easy or super hard no (laughs) in between that's I didn't i didn't stick around long and um, i had made a request to the school because i i am I didn't want to go at the same pace as everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I, I made a request to the school. I basically said, hey, look, if you don't want me to drop out, because schools, it's not good for them to have students dropping out all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially smaller ones. So I said, look, let me, <laughs> let me make a deal with you. I won't drop out if you let me work at my own pace. And so they agreed. And That's so I finished cool. all the homework, all the classes, and all the essays, everything that I had in a month. Oh. And then I was just done. That's and then awesome. I just wrote it out because <laughs> otherwise I would have to wait. And I'm like, well, I don't understand. Why would I spend my time lingering when mm. I could be putting it to more useful things? Yeah. <laughs> Man, my school would never do that. They would, Probably not. They would just be like, because we just did something like we'd offer theory one and three are like the spring semester. And then in the fall semester, we offered two and four. So it's like if you failed theory, you had to wait another year to even take it. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, and then we had a music business class, which is offered every other fall semester. Okay. And like, yeah, that's also rough. Wow. Yeah, our school, my school sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, they, I don't know. Maybe it's their circumstances. Yeah. Well, they they, they think it's because it's small, but then like, I don't know why they offer a music business class and only like the audio people have to take it. Yeah, that's something that. Um, 
you know, that kept me away from pursuing uh, mm -hmm. more uh, post-secondary education was because I was doing music and, and then they kept wanting me to take math classes. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I passed all the entrance exams that mm -hmm. we needed for the minimum. And they're like, yeah. yeah, but you need more credits. And I'm like, well, then let me take more music classes. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, you have to take <laughs> certain ones, right? Like there's certain categories yeah. that you have to take a class mm -hmm. in and i'm like why am i taking algebra 2 or whatever i was taking at the time when um i am <laughs> more than capable of doing the math that i need for music yeah as far as my career goes and and it's because they want to make money that's the truth <laughs> that's the whole thing that's so the truth they make you take a bunch of dumb classes like i had to take like a library research skills class are you kidding me yeah it was the dumbest that thing just ever sounds like such a stretch. i'm still mad at the teacher because what <laughs> she did was she doesn't know math and so like the way she had her like grade set up so it's like you know it's like your grade it's like maybe like 67 out of 88 like points for the entire class and so she decided that there was only 88 points you could earn and some, something like that and then she made it as she's like okay they're actually out of 120 and then I'm like, well, and then I eventually emailed her. I'm like, well, your math isn't right. Because that means the highest grade anyone can get is like a 91%. And she's like, my math is right. You're like, I caught her being wrong. So I got a C in like the easiest class possible. Oh, man, that's rough. Mm -hmm. That's rough. And then I got an A in like the hardest music class you can take. So it evens out. It does. It does. So it does. I guess it all evened out in the end. <laughs> in the meantime, yeah. yeah. So you went to EMT. So that seems... Uh, and so you chose music going into that and writing and stuff like that. Yeah, I um, I actually wanted to be an ENT, not for the career. I wanted to just have the know-how on mm -hmm. responding to situations. And part of it was I was thinking about when I was touring, and I said, uh, you know, what if someone drops dead, someone gets hit, someone um, is just going through a crisis? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to be a guy who can't help. Yeah. And, you know, I was just on set the other day. I can't say which movie, but okay. I was on set the other day for a pretty well, big movie. Well, it's probably movie. Nashville. Cause it <laughs> no, no, no. Movie. Oh, not, movie. Not okay. Show. And I don't want to go on the set in Nashville. <laughs> oh Can we take it as a side note? Uh, keep your thought. I, like, made the analogy that, like, being, like, an extra in Nashville here is, like, donating plasma anywhere else. It's, like... <laughs> You do it for a good a chunk of money, but it's not a lot. It's kind of like you need it, but you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And it's pretty much being an extra is basically Nashville, the TV show, mm -hmm. being with them. And then when they're like, okay, you've been on too much, you move over to, over to Still the King. And you do Still the King. And that's about, that's about it. But that's actually a really good sign mm -hmm. because those productions are coming in. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'd like some I'm more movies. I'm really here, excited yeah. for the film industry in Nashville. Yeah, I am gonna be cool. so excited. Yeah. It's like do some acting on the side, you know? Yeah, I do. Um I actually have I write for films as well, scripts okay. yeah. and revise their scripts. And then I've been in a couple indie films as uh, leads and then mm -hmm. uh, co starring and then um, I've done like one or two extras work, but they were projects I wanted to do. Like, um, I think Toby Mac is awesome. Mm -hmm. So when Toby Mac had an extras music video kind of thing come yeah. up, I was just there to say I was a part of Toby Mac's thing. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I think I was an, 
uh, I was supposed to be an extra on Still the King, but then I called them and said, hey, I don't actually want to be an extra, so unless you have a feature. Yeah. And then they actually were like, well, actually, <laughs> well, be a feature in season two. So I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, there we go. That worked out That's well. awesome. <laughs> I think, yeah, if I was going to be an extra in like Nashville or something like that, I'm going to do like a decent role because I have a friend – he plays, like, I don't know what his role is. I don't watch the show because it's too weird to watch when you live in the city. But, uh... Is I, it in the city? Is it actually in the city? Well, yeah, they actually film it here. But, it, like, no, it I mean, takes I place know, around, yeah. I, I've been on the set of Nashville mm-hmm. before. Um, but I, I've not been in it, and I didn't want to be. But I've been mm-hmm. on the set. But I meant, like, are the locations? Yeah, they do, like, Bluebird. They did the pedestrian bridge. Oh, man. All that stuff, yeah. That's kind of surreal, then. Mm-hmm. Like, watching the episode and yeah so it's kind of weird because it's like it's not like la or anything where it's just kind of like it's like here it's like okay this is weird (laughs) right that's wow that's crazy Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah i would have to be like like a background member of like a band or something like that but uh yeah i would definitely not be and i'm definitely not in like anything close to like the country music scene either because that's you know that's exactly why i came to nashville (laughs) it's like why everyone came comes here so <laughs> I know everybody thinks that they're like, oh, you're from L.A. Oh, you must have come to write country music. And I'm mm-hmm. like, look, I'll help people write country songs because I yeah. love writing lyrics mm-hmm. and I love writing hooks. But yeah. I am not a country music writer. Mm-hmm. And I'm it's not that I'm opposed to country. It's just not my genre. Like I I like a couple people in country, yeah. but I like them more for their personalities than I do. Mm-hmm. Like I don't listen to Keith Urban. No. But I do like Keith Urban's personality. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Same for like Carrie Underwood. I I know that one thing where she has that revenge song. Mm-hmm. Something about key in someone's car. Yeah. And Faith Take the Wheel or something like that. Jesus, yeah, Jesus, Jesus takes, Take the Wheel. Not that's, Faith. That's it. Faith is a terrible driver. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> just gotta, I just had to bring that up for everyone out <laughs> so at home. No, steer clear of Faith. <laughs> steer clear of Faith. She's a terrible driver. She has cataracts in her eyes. Like... Oh, now I'm feeling bad for Faith. <laughs> just saying, you can be nice to Faith. I'm just saying Faith shouldn't be driving a car. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think I like country music. I like, if it's country pop, I can listen to it. But the main thing, like, I'll listen to this if, like, the guitar players, like, a lot of good guitar stuff. That's why I really, I don't know. I, I mean, anything. Nashville is loaded with such talented yeah. players. I mean, that's why when I go into the studio and someone's like, can you play guitar? I'm like, yes, but you don't want me to. <laughs> you want someone who's, dude, this is what they do, like, every day. Now, if you want someone to write you a story and lyrics or teach you a hook, man, I'm I'm the mm-hmm. guy, without a doubt. There's a reason why people are, are calling me and having me do these things. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I'm not a guitarist. Yeah. I play guitar to write to, but yeah. I don't play guitar as a guitarist. Okay. Yeah. I have a good story featuring guitar. So I was in... I interned at Blackbird when I first moved here. Oh, nice. And so, like, one of this producer, he was kind of a, I don't know how to describe him. It wasn't like a jerk. He was kind of like that New York-style person, you know, just okay. kind of like, if you're from here or, like, Midwest, you're just kind of like, they come off rude, but then you realize they're, like, from, like, the East Coast, and so yeah. they're just kind of that way. It's yeah. just everyone's like that, and so, and so he was kind of like that, so I... I I took an opportunity. So they had a guitar session guitar player come in. And so 
like he came into like our lobby and he's just like hey, is there you've seen a guitar player walking around here i'm like oh here in nashville no i haven't seen a single one and then he just like looks at me like <laughs> it's like when you like don't know a good comeback yeah but they're also kind of funny at the same time right. that would be but you're really also funny. kind of annoyed too yeah Mixed like emotions. you wouldn't be so annoyed if you had a good comeback <laughs> but like <laughs> it was that situation that's pretty so funny. yeah but you'd be surprised yeah a lot of people people come in through this door like they're okay guitar players and then i fix them up yeah into respectable human beings <laughs> bring them out so do you play anything else besides guitar or well everything else is just like with guitar mm-hmm. is that um, I do it to write to. So, you know, piano, mm-hmm. um, bass, drums, but I wouldn't, I'm not proficient. Yeah. Uh, I'm creative with them mm-hmm. and I have enough musical sense mm-hmm. uh, as far as sound and tonality mm-hmm. to know what to do with them. Yeah. You know, like I figured out um, journeys don't stop believing. When That's I was... like piano lesson day one, though. But, <laughs> but I mean, I figured it out without playing piano yeah just, but hearing the song and being mm. like okay i know those notes i know okay. how to kind of find those notes oh, yeah. and experiment and mm-hmm. the timing but i am definitely not proficient in any of those okay things. so were you ever in band or choir in high school or no i am um, i had a private tutor mm-hmm. and, okay and um, i finished high school a bit earlier than most um so I didn't experience quite as much of a, a length and involvement as people do when they go to like a public high school, mm-hmm. I pretty much was just home. Well, not my home, but the tutor's home, um, doing work, schoolwork mm-hmm. all day, finishing mm-hmm. as fast as I could. <laughs> yeah, totes. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, because I cannot think. Because I've just been in like I took started piano lessons when I was like seven, so like I've just been like having thinking about like music, like as like sheet music, and then numbers and stuff like that like my entire life so it's always weird to me to think about it not that way Mm. or like especially when it's just by ear and nothing else like you don't write down not even tabs or anything so when it's just by ear it kind of fascinates me so i have to like dig into it a little bit more and see what's going on with it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so okay so let's talk about your music specifically so What's going on right now? So, like, you have – I checked out your website. I did the bare minimum research right. <laughs> for this interview. And so we're talking – so you write music for your stories. Like, elaborate more on that. I want to hear about that. Um, I wrote my first book when I was eight years old. Okay. Um, and it was The Lonely Hippo and Three Hyenas. And it was how I explained bullying. Okay. Um, to myself. Um, I was a very different child, and because I didn't go to public school, that alienates me even more. Mm-hmm. And um, I was bullied by people when I would go out in public, and I didn't understand why. And so to make sense of it, I went home and I wrote a backstory to why bullies were bullies. Okay. And then explained why they had to be that way, and kind of mm-hmm. the concept of the hyenas was that hyenas have to laugh whether they like it or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not something that they do out of joy, but rather instinctively. Jeez, that's really deep for an 8-year-old. <laughs> and so that's how I processed it. And um and then the lonely hippo, um the point of the lonely hippo was that the external surface clearly painted it different. 
mm-hmm. and yet um, the the jaw strength and the actual mass mm-hmm. and value of a hippo is so far supersedes a hyena. Yeah. But externally, who's the one that people would laugh at, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. And um, and then it, I drew pictures for it too, and it. I ended up giving it to my neighbor, um, who was uh, Hispanic, and he didn't speak English. Mm-hmm. And even the pictures helped him for mm-hmm. why he was bullied by people because he didn't speak English. Oh, so it was really neat. And anyway, um, about 15 years old. So I've written tons of short stories and poems since mm-hmm. then. And and about 15 years old, I, I get the opportunity to pick up a guitar, mm-hmm. and I wrote like three songs that first night, mm-hmm. and. I just realized that this was a really effective way to tell stories. Mm-hmm. And so ever since then, um, I wrote songs based off of my stories or my journey. I've been writing songs for my future wife, whoever okay. she is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've mm-hmm. written probably two or three albums for her, poems yeah. for her, yeah, little things like that. And I still do a couple here and there. Okay. Um, so yeah, and then... Uh, the most recent ones would be, uh, if you heard some of the music that was online from the Stories EP, mm-hmm. um, those are based off moments within my book, Evalon, and okay. my book, Fire. Okay. Let's talk about those books then. So what are those? Or you can just go into one for now. <laughs> <laughs> well, these chapter books or picture books? Oh, they're chapters. Okay. So uh, Evalon no is pictures. 360 pages. Okay. Right around so. there. All right. So, yeah. Like at a what grade level? It's <laughs> like I yeah, remember right. when I was in like elementary school, you had like a 5.0. I mean, it's like fifth gradering level, 4.0. Right. So what like what number is? <laughs> um, just imagine uh, if you were leading, reading Lord of the Rings. Okay. As far as Evelyn's concerned, that's okay. very Lord of the Rings esque. Okay. Um, Fire is a bit more Hunger Games style. Okay. And I would say Hunger Games is slightly easier to read. The Northern mm-hmm. Rings. Uh, Tolkien's yeah. uh, very choppy um, mm-hmm. and and detail oriented. While I feel like um, uh, who wrote Hunger Games? I want to honor her. Well, anyway, I feel E.L. Like, James. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forget the name. Yeah, I can't remember who wrote that. I know, right? I'm gonna remember after this. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she. Um, I feel like she focuses more on people. Mm-hmm. And Lord of the Rings focuses more on development. If yeah. That, if that, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. World development? Yeah. Well, she's more like relationship development. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Fire is kind of like that. But then the actual, I, the two newest books that I've written mm-hmm. are not those. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one that is called Honest. That's the mm-hmm. tentative title. And it's actually like a guidebook mm-hmm. um, filled with these little guidelines mm-hmm. on how to live an honest life. Like one of my favorite quotes from it is, do not let your politeness come out in the form of a lie. Oh, wow. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Very deep, very short and concise. Um in how they present it. So we can flip through them. And then the book that that kind of came from was is called Breadcrumbs. Okay. And Breadcrumbs is a very modern story. And I have a whole album written for that, a song for every single chapter. Okay. And I actually perform those songs live. And um, I even tell the story prior and then mm-hmm. after each song. Cool. So it's so more it just, like a... That's a cool idea. It's almost for like performance, spoken yeah. word mm-hmm. meets an actual acoustic performance. Yeah, you know, like imagine Ed Sheeran before every mm-hmm. song and after every song, he told one continuous story while mm-hmm. also playing the awesome tunes that he has. Yeah, totally. So that's kind of how that flows. Okay, 
Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's unique to the expense. So you're 26, so 91? Yes. Okay, so you're years-wise two years older, I guess, around there. Mm-hmm. So how are you able to ride so fast? Because I have a friend, I'm not going to name his name, Micah Chrisman, and he... <laughs> Spent like he spends like ten years writing one book, so he's writing like a trilogy right now, and he's just like taking forever to write it. So how are you able to write it so fast? So like I can specifically point him out into finishing his book because he left his first one in a cliffhanger, and I read it, and it kind of annoys me. <laughs> I don't I don't know if he um, follows Stephen King much. Okay, but there is an interview between Stephen King and George Martin. Okay, and are you familiar with George Martin? Yeah. Okay. Game of Thrones guy. Game of Thrones, yes. And for everybody who doesn't know Stephen King, definitely Google him. Just He's a legend. <laughs> um, where they interview each other. And I feel like Stephen King embodies the productive writer. Okay. And George Martin embodies the recreational writer. Okay. And at one point, George Martin, I love, it's <laughs> worth watching this interview. Okay. George Martin looks at him, at Stephen King, and he says... Um, how, how do you write so fast? And, and and Stephen King looks at him with this face that almost says, like, are you kidding me? He's like, I take this seriously. <laughs> Straight up drops the mic. He literally says, he's like, well, I, I take it seriously, and I make sure that every day I write a minimum of six pages, whether that takes me an hour or it takes me ten hours. Mm-hmm. I write my six pages, and then I'm done. And mm-hmm. I do it every day, and then every three or four months, I have a new book. And he's like, maybe it's crappy. That's okay. I already am on another book, so I don't have to <laughs> worry about that. And so for me, um, when I wrote Evalon, it took the first part of it took years because I didn't mm. take it seriously. Yeah. And then when I felt the calling to get back and get it done, in mm-hmm. three months, the majority of it in an actual month, I wrote 90,000 words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot. That's about 10 hours every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I actually did that. And, and any of my friends who are listening to this will attest to the fact that there were times where they would show up at my door with food to make sure I had eaten that day. <laughs> because I took it that seriously. It was time to do it. And I think that um, you have to turn around and say, how important is this to you? If you say that it's really important, then you have to show it in your actions. And also a lot of people allow writer's block as an excuse to not mm. write. A lot of writer's block that I've discovered in my own life and in others, mm-hmm. um, and I know a lot of writers. Yeah. Um, every single one of them that gets through writer's block are the people who persevered. Mm-hmm. So they didn't sit down and like, oh man, this paragraph sucks. I guess I have writer's mm-hmm. block today. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I hear a lot. Is like mm-hmm. they'll try and write a paragraph. It won't be that great, and so they're like, oh, mm-hmm. that sucks. And then they stop, and they think that that means writer's block. No, that's called warming up. It's like if you didn't warm up your voice before mm-hmm. you go into the oh. studio, and then you're pitchy. Of course you're pitchy. You haven't worked <laughs> up to the good stuff yet. But of course you're squeaking around everywhere. That's right. But then once you work it out and you're warmed up, then it starts flowing. Then you've got this beauty, and, and you just get it done. Write, write till you feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. If you've got more to write, keep writing and yeah. finish your thought. Mm-hmm. Man, that's deep mike i hope you heard that because i want to see second part of uh the legend of the seer so yeah he's a good friend but uh he doesn't write fast you know most people don't and um, i think it's because they let other things 
um, inhibit them. Not mm-hmm. that they couldn't write fast. It's like when I, mm-hmm. I finished high school quite young and people are like, oh my gosh, I wish I could do that. And it's like, honestly, all I did was the work. Mm-hmm. That's the only requirement yeah. for finishing high school. Yeah. Uh, I mean, certain states have age requirements. Yeah. But the general gist of it is that if you finish the work, it will be done. Yeah. And so for me, writing is just like if if I want to finish the book, Mm. And I sit down and I finish the book Mm -hmm. and I don't let writer's block and I don't let a new movie coming out that I want to go see. I don't let Mm -hmm. anything obstruct in the way if that's what I'm meant to do in that Mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. Yeah. So is it. Yep. That's it. All right, Micah. You heard it right here. (laughs) You got this. A writer who's been writing, who's (laughs) writing like five times more than you in a couple. So, out of hours. So let's. But uh, anyways, but he's he's working hard on it. So we actually have a slap bet right now. So what here here's oh, what happened. Heck yeah. <laughs> so here here's what it was. He was supposed to finish it by June 29th. He was supposed to get it in like production, like that phase of it. Mm-hmm. By the by June 29th of this year. We made this bet 2 years ago. It's not even close still. And so I'm like, oh, it's getting close. So, so here's what I did. I'm like, all right, I'm going to extend it, but I'm going to get 5 slaps if you don't finish it by next year. Are you warming up? Oh yeah, I've been your Marshall Erickson hand. I've been, I've been <laughs> slapping some tree trunks. Yes, I swear. I've watched How I Met Your Mother five times through. Dude, I love like it? ten or eleven times through, bro. Oh I'm my gosh. You, okay, man. so you're with. Me. Oh, oh, I love man. that. What were your thoughts on the ending? Um, I think we all know my thoughts on the ending. It was horrible. Yeah, they. I'm just gonna say this. They should have just. They should have just left it. At, I forget which exact episode it is. Um. Where where he um, rides off into the sunset, and and uh, with Victoria, yeah, with Victoria, mm-hmm. and that was like, oh, okay, that's the ending. Mm-hmm. There we go, it's finished. And then it's not like I don't like the the girl that he ends up with. She seems really adorable and Robin? awesome. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. See, right? No. Um, Kristen, yeah, Tracy. I forget her name's on the show. Is Tracy? Right. I was trying to remember the actress. I'm a bigger fan name. than you, so that... <laughs> yeah, well, I don't remember names. Yeah. It's the way I actually mm-hmm. pop my brain. Um, yeah. I don't let my brain prioritize things that aren't necessary. Mm-hmm. That way I don't get bogged down by things. <laughs> it's like, just like your name. It's not important. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Um, the reality is, is that names um, are easily changed, mm-hmm. uh, easily conceived, and easily deceived. Mm-hmm. Um, but faces are not... Yeah. Faces take a lot more effort. So if I just remember someone's face, yeah. whether their name's Bill or they changed their name to George, doesn't change the fact that I know that face and I know what it represents. And also their face tells mm-hmm. me a lot more about them than their name. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I thought the 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 fact the whole chase and Robin at the end was like the writers maybe they finished up and like oh, we still have like three or four more episodes to do, guys, and like mm-hmm. oh. Hey, I got an idea. <laughs> so, like, what I thought was the ending would have been perfect if it got prematurely ended. So, if it didn't last for nine seasons, it would have been perfect. Like, because their original idea, because they were thinking, like, this could get canceled. So, the idea yeah. was he was going to end up with Victoria. Right. And then that's why he robbed. They had that sunset riding off into the sunset. No, it would have been season one, though. Did they? Was there a sunset they rode off into? Yeah, right after... um. Is, that's the line too. She asked him. Oh, Victoria asked Ted, and she was like, "So what do you say? 
you ready to ride off in the sunset with me? Okay. And I'm... that was like everybody, when that was first airing, I remember everybody thinking that was the final episode. Like, yeah. Everybody was happy and we were content with that. I totally thought it was like season seven when Victoria was at her wedding. That's what I thought you were talking about. Isn't. Yeah, when I, when she was at her wedding. Not the not the wedding she catered at, but like her actual oh. wedding. Oh. No, no, that's what I was talking about. Too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was talking about where they she shows up at the bar in the middle of the mm-hmm. day in her wedding dress. Mm-hmm. That okay. one. Yeah. Like, yeah. You busy. That's let's talk. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's the one I thought, and mm-hmm. that that's a surprise. It's not like it's not like a, a yeah. Oh, predictable, dude. Victoria mm-hmm. showed up at the bar at one o'clock yeah. in the afternoon in her freaking no. wedding, wedding dress. Yeah. There's a good surprise mm-hmm. for you. I would have been happy with that ending, but the whole Robin thing right at the end, you're yeah. like, are you kidding me? By the way, so many spoilers, we should have probably said that. <laughs> it's been out. It's literally three years since the finale, I think, because it ended in 14. Did it? Yeah. I remember yeah. it was like the end of March 14. I remember because I was in <laughs> like a saddest Because I have a duck tie, and so I was I'd like suited up for yes. the finale. Me and my friend were watching it live, and then it ends, and I'm just like... Just like sit there in silence. Like. My buddy, my buddy Tony, back mm-hmm. in Cali, awesome guy. He um, he has the uh, what is, is it? Silk silk suit that Barney has. Oh, the suit jammas. Yeah, those he has are the awesome. Suit jammas, and then he wears the ducky tie with the suit jammas. That's awesome. It's hilarious, and he wears them out to like like a public show, and it was hilarious. Man, you gotta wear them to bed. That's <laughs> he's like, no joke. Though. You never These know. Are so hot. That episode was so great. The ending because he starts wearing that nightgown. Yeah, <laughs> with Marshall. Like, yeah. Then the actual two hot girls show up at his door. <laughs> oh my gosh! No. That was like that was just like the best cold ending. Yeah. Of yeah. all time, I think in the entire series. That was hilarious. Someone texted me. Definitely like, oh. hilarious. It's literally a text that says, "That's cool." <laughs> <laughs> that I get. That's what I get. Nice. And so, okay, awesome. So, one more question to ask. We're nearing the end. So, what I'd like to ask all our guests: Do you have any good drinking stories? Oh man, I have plenty because uh, I have a lot of great people that I get to spend time with. <laughs> I definitely think I have to be careful how I tell this story. I definitely think one of my favorites, actually bringing up Tony again. Mm-hmm. He has a brother named Terry, mm-hmm. and we've been friends a long time. And Terry and Vivian got married. And this was a huge Vietnamese wedding. I think there's like two or 300 people there. Like insane, right? And there was like 60 of us from like old school, like good times, like friends and <laughs> mm-hmm. like didn't know any of their relatives. We just knew Tony, Terry, Vivian, like them. Yeah, And we... Just all drank together, and it was just so cool. Like, 60 of us just taking over this huge portion of the wedding, Mm -hmm. and every time Terry and Vivian would look over at us, they would just burst out with laughter Mm -hmm. and smiles, and it was like all their stress went away because Mm -hmm. they had this huge group of friends who came from different states, different cities, all just there to love Mm -hmm. them and support their marriage, and so, like, I know it's like an odd drinking joke, but here's the funny. We'll go, okay, we'll go to the actual funny stuff. But I I'm like, this isn't turning funny at all. Okay, so the actual funny stuff. <laughs> I shouldn't bring me into this too. It's much. okay. We um, there's been millions of drinking stories of me on the show already. So no. Um, well, I definitely had to have some help uh, getting into a car. Nick, if you're uh, if you're listening, <laughs> you are a lifesaver, bro. <laughs> 
also thank you for shutting that person's Snapchat off. <laughs> no, but the funny parts were the day after all the pictures and we have this like <laughs> Do you remember the Ginyu Force from Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. I... All the crazy poses? Yeah. So, like a lot of us in our group, we do like random poses like that. We have pictures from the next day where there's like people leaning up against the car throwing up and then we're posing around them. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, funny i mean it is it is so hilarious to see <laughs> so like did you pictures. get their vomit like as you're like power coming out of your hands no it's oh. like they're leaning up against the car don't even know someone's taking a picture and then like people are like prancing down like right all around them like in different poses it's mm-hmm. like yeah and like mm-hmm. it's so dude funny, that is dude. that is phenomenal <laughs> just like <laughs> you just get like drunk people in the background it was great. It's our friends, though, so that's what makes it even better. Oh, you're, so it's your friends? It's our friends. And then from that night, again, anybody who's listening mm-hmm. who was there, all you have to do is say, the winner, last man standing, right? Mm-hmm. Or woman, was anybody who survived the lobster plate. <laughs> the The joke behind that is that the next day when we're all calling each other and just like, bro, like that was intense. And then every single person was like, yeah, man, I got about to the lobster plate, and then I was gone. <laughs> so, yeah, whoever survived past the lobster plate, you have won. Oh, jeez. We haven't found that person yet. <laughs> oh, wow. That is phenomenal. <laughs> I'm assuming, Do you remember the night? I do. Okay. I do. Sometimes um, you want to forget. I definitely had too much to drink. Yeah. And uh, I rarely ever have that much to drink. Mm-hmm. I don't like putting my body through that. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember everything. So it wasn't like a blackout or anything like that. I, I don't let that happen to me. So I remember everything. And that actually makes it funnier mm-hmm. to me. It's kind of was like, um, remember when Barney Stinson yeah. was uh, was out at his just before his wedding? Mm-hmm. And then he has all these moments where he's like... Weekend of Barney's. Ice and water. And then <laughs> the... the what was it? Tantrum and like all that stuff. Like Weekend. that's kind of like how that that memory goes. Weekend at Barney's. <laughs> yeah. It's like we did that with our wedding photos. No, we missed it. Or my dad's how, pissed. How could I ever top Weekend at Barney's? <gasps> Weekend, Weekend at Barney's, Barney's too. Wakes <laughs> up from a nightmare. Oh, I hate to think that there is a Weekend at Barney's too. <laughs> I hate to think that that exists. But oh, I want man. Weekend at Barney's to exist. Yes. I want Weekend at Barney's too. Yes. I love the logic Robin's trying to like poke holes in. He's just like, so wait, you're dead. Yes. But they're pretending you're alive. Yes. But you're actually alive. Yes. So well, how are you going to supposed to do this? <laughs> so the concept is there's a movie <laughs> called Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> like, like he, he legit tries start. to break it down. It's like the Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, it's we can so at funny. Barney's. I get he's like so serious. Like let let me here, I have the map. Let me chart this out for you. Like <laughs> You know they actually revealed the pineapple? Did you see that? What? Well, so okay, so you don't know about it, so I'll talk no. about it. Spoiler what? alerts for anyone who doesn't care. Or who does care. So Basically, so at the end of that season one episode, they said, we never figured out what happened with that pineapple. Yeah. So the kind of the whole point was they didn't, like the creators were just like, I don't know if we should have an episode about this 
even though it's a fan thing. So they made like a bonus extra on like the entire C- series DVD. Uh. So pretty much there's a tradition that a sailor leaves a pineapple out for like good company or something like that. And so Ted actually stole it from the captain's <gasps> like city oh like my apartment. Yeah. And so it all comes from cuz like it is like the it was a season 9 extra and so like you know they go to the captain's like house or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like why is there a pineapple here? Oh, it's a sailor thing for like good company or something like that. Oh my god! And so I and then look it's just like dun dun dun. Then like Ted has all these flashbacks of it. Oh my so, gosh, that is amazing. Which it's better as an extra than actually like canon to the series, but yeah. So I mean, like it's kind of like you kind of want to know, but like you, for the the story's sake, you don't want to know. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't okay. want to have those filler episodes. All right, awesome. So we're out of time. So what should everyone check out right now? What's where should they go to? Where should they come from? Where should they go? Where should they come from? Man, I would be so honored if uh, everybody went to robertbean.com. Mm-hmm. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-B-I-E-H-N.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a short film that just came out. Um, it's already won one award. It's up for another award. And mm-hmm. uh, the actress in it, Taylor Plicity, is amazing. Mm-hmm. And she's up for best actress in it. All right. So it's a really cool short film. Also an original story that I wrote. And I would just love for people to check it out and see mm-hmm. what they think. Awesome. Well, awesome. Thank you for coming around. We don't get a lot of authors coming around here. We get a lot more musicians and yeah. Other people, so it's always nice to interview someone, but who also does music too. So that's yeah. double the plus. So we had a lot to talk about all the time. So yeah, come back anytime. You have anything new? We can talk some more. Talk <laughs> about the uh, environment or taxes or Man. even more boring things. I love talking about those things. I know <laughs> it's like four hundred one ks. So awesome! <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this episode Thank of you. the Schwegcast. Remember, samtrailermusic.com slash the Schwegcast for more information. Thank you to our sponsors. And like always, remember to stay awesome. Casting.